What up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Black Top Podcast. Me and the Cuzzo today. Ruben could, uh, Ruben's a little busy, but that's okay. Christian, how you doing? Doing pretty good. I'm wearing a pink shirt, but just wanted to clarify, I did not watch Barbie today. Just a pink Arcturic shirt. Ooh, that's a heavy flex. Probably, probably fetch a little nice little resale dollar on that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. How are you? I'm good, you know. Well, uh, we just had family from Chicago come recently. It was really nice to see them. And yeah, even though that was Chicago, that's the Eastern Conference. We'll be mainly talking about the Western Conference today. We're going to, the next two episodes are kind of be a little bit of a conference preview. Nothing crazy, but, you know, uh, for the most part, a lot of the free agents have signed outside of guys like, again, Christian Wood, Kelly Oubre. But for the most part, a lot of these rosters are finally shaping up to what they're going to be on opening night. So we're going to get into that. Uh, but even though we're talking about the Western Conference, we got to talk about it. Jalen Brown got a crazy bag. Five years, $303 million. You know, Christian, as the resident by association Celtics fan because you love the light-skinned god and Jason Tatum, how are you feeling about this extension? I mean, I think it's like something that's like of Celtics nature in a sense, like I know people are pretty hard on the Celtics about being like a business first team that like either, you know, abandons players or commits to their players completely. I'm kind of, I think it's one or the other for them. And I think it's just the case where like, I think it was just a straight up business move, you know, like I think they know that Jalen Brown is part of their future and a part of like a successful future. So if there's anyone to really sign for that type of money, he's definitely worth that money. I'd say like, I think he would fetch that money elsewhere, obviously. Um, I think 300 M's for a guy who has eight turnovers in a game seven? Well, look, I'm not the biggest fan of Jalen Brown. I don't think that's what I'm saying. But I think you have to pay him the money or you just like – or you mess up like your future, you know, at this point. Like I think think they figure out – I think they figure out, you know, obviously if the experiment goes wrong for this season and the next season, maybe they finally pull the trigger and – you know, find a team that has 300 million worth of players to trade for. But uh, I don't know. I think they just have to sign him because you can't, can't let someone like him honestly walk. He's kind of like on the borderline of what I would think you would consider a, a young superstar, right? So, mm. but I wouldn't say he's there. Don't get me wrong. He's off, he definitely has flaws in his game. He, he maybe is a little overpaid, but he is one of those players you have to sign for that money. That's how I see it. Hmm. I feel like a lot of that, though, has to do with, like, the CBA and this whole Supermax era we're in now. Because, I mean, back in the day, I mean, they had stuff like that, but it wasn't as crazy as it is now. Because, I mean, the Supermax was really designed for more, like, the hometown teams or, like, the small market teams to keep their guys. And, you know, yeah. we're seeing now. Can you guess how much Jalen Brown is going to get paid in the last year of this contract? It's like a well, crazy amount. So he's, he's, I guess he's not guaranteed 300 M's. Is this he, is, or? this is if it was all guaranteed. So it's 303 across five seasons. That's five seasons. So quick math, that's like 60 mil season. But mm-hmm. I think, but I think he, I'm guessing he has to have some sort of eligibility through like all NBA teams and stuff like that. Or the, the numbers I'm looking at doesn't include potential add-ons. Oh, okay. So it's uh, just straight I, money. 
I'm guessing like his last season could be worth something like a hundred million dollars. Mm. Maybe the math isn't adding up there, but nah. Oh, I I get where you're heading at, but nah. So he starts getting paid next season is what 2023, 2024. So after that season, he gets paid fifty two. And then okay. in 2008, 2029, or 2028, holy, he's going to get being, he's going to be getting paid $69 million. Okay. I was honestly ballparking 80 before. And I think I was just like trying to add up like how the money might add up, mm. basically. But yeah. I, I mean, if we're talking about just in terms of player retention, I agree that you kind of had no other choice than to give him the super max because, you know, otherwise there's really no one. There's no reason for him to stay outside of maybe, you know, running it back and all that. But I also think this is the Celtics last year to have like a chance with this core guys before you kind of start retooling. Not to say you move on from the Jays, but, you know, KP is obviously it's I can see them extending him, but it does for at this point in time feel like a little bit of a rental. And then if it doesn't work out this year, you're going to have to look at getting off of guys like maybe Robert Williams to really get some extra value. And then yeah. Al Horford's probably not going to be on this team for that much longer. So, you know, I, I think it's, it was necessary, but it's really, I think pigeonholed them for uh, the next few years. Cause I mean, if this is how much he's making, imagine how much, well, Jason Tatum, I think signed another like super max, like not too long ago. So I could be talking about my ass, but you know, next time they got to pay him. Whew gonna be crazy but i i just i don't know i feel like the supermax is a very it's thrown around too often to the point where it's like the last few guys that have all gotten it have all been i don't want to use the word unworthy because you know they put the work in and all that but they don't scream like a supermax kind of guy like bradley beal i mean we saw how that turned out uh rudy gobert we all kind of know how that's going and hopefully Jalen Brown's not a part of like this kind of pattern we're seeing. But yeah, I mean, the money is crazy. I mean, it is crazy, but just on off topic, did you see how much have you, you've been paying attention to like how in uh, football slash soccer, like the Saudi league starting to buy up a lot of the European oh, guys? Fuck yeah. Like with Mbappe being Bro! given like one billion one year offer, bro. Like something wasn't like it that. Some- with like, I think it was because of the transfer fee and how much you would actually make from it. it I was think like, it's like one point five in total. Yeah, yeah, that's fucked. That's insane. Like, if I, yeah, or would you do it for your Mbappe? Honestly, if you want to be like leave a legacy, because I think that's what football is about. Like compared to like, obviously other sports have legacies, but I think football is so traditional that like I feel like football even, is a lot more important. Like having yeah. the the personal accolades rather yes. than just like, being a member of a team yeah because you won't really i think if he does that you know he just kind of signs his like legacy away basically at that point but it is just and for I a think, year just to get it back yeah i guess but i think there's just like i think that's just like signing your life away in my opinion he's got enough money you know at that point like what kind of money is like one billion dollars that's just like stupid money i mean even the money he was already getting at psg along with like an insane level of control at the club level was insane because like i don't know if you you heard but 
I forgot how much he was getting paid, but he also got to like determine the transfers. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, not to go off topic because we're obviously talking about soccer right now, not fucking basketball, yeah. but like, like he's wanted to play for Real Madrid for like, like since he was a kid. And like, you look at like the type of legacy that like that team has with players like obviously Ronaldo and David Beckham and now Kareem Benzema and like all these legends. Like, why would you? It's like basically like Michael Jordan. Like, if you were to be offered in, like, 1996, like, during his prime, like, to go to China for, like, $1 billion or something, mm, like, that's a, that's basically... That's a good comparison. Like, like, yeah, it's just, it's not the right move, you know? True. For the culture, at least. Yeah. All this is just to say that uh, the amount of money that's being thrown around nowadays is insane. But anyways, yep. let's get right into the actual meat of the show. So... As we said, this is a bit of a Western Conference preview. We're not going to go just like team by team by team. Uh, we're going to start here. Top six in the West. So obviously those are the confirmed playoff spots. But last year you had the Nuggets, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Sacramento Kings, the Phoenix Suns, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, did you go your six by like order or you just picked six? I do actually have an order. I oh, think okay. Pretty- Actually, did you do an order? No, I just picked six. So I, I'll, I'll go first since yours is more like kind of proper. So okay. my six teams that I see like firmly making the playoffs, I think is obviously the Nuggets. I don't yep. think they'll be first though, I will say. And then after that, you got the Lakers, the Suns, the Clippers. I think the Mavs are going to get into that top six. And then even though there's some kind of inkling that they're starting to you know, beyond the decline, I think Golden State still finishes in that top echelon. Not okay. sure about the order of that, but those are the six that I have. All right. Interesting. I actually don't have two of the teams you mentioned okay. in yours. And I think it's because it's hard, but I think, like, this is, like, the ideal season in which I see it happening. Okay. So my top, my top six in order... Number are going, one. Are you going top to bottom? Okay, I'll go. I'll go bottom to top to make it like suspenseful. Okay. So, <clears throat> number six, I have Memphis. I think. Dang, Mem- okay. I mean, they're gonna be twenty-five games without Jaw, and I think they're gonna definitely probably have like a like slight above five hundred record during that time, and I think that's gonna hinder them from trying to be up there when you think about how top-heavy the West is. Hmm. Um. And then number five, I have Golden State. Um, I think a lot of my list is predicated around the idea that these teams are pretty complete and that there's not enough flaws for them to really decline. Mm. Um, so I think Golden State's going to be fifth. I think the Lakers are going to be fourth. Um, I think they like obviously showed out through the end of the season, of this last season here, that they're going to basically be that team um, going into this season. Um, and they're going to be pretty well gelled. I actually have a pretty sleeper pick number three. I'm not going to lie, but I think it's rationalized by how they started the season last year. I think New Orleans, New Orleans is going to be third this year. Fully healthy. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there hasn't been any recent reports on Zion, but I'm assuming at least from what I've been trying to read, not on basketball, at least. I mean, yeah, no, (laughs) not on basketball, but I mean, real talk. I think even if he's like 75% of himself, like, they're a pretty scary team still. Mm. Um, and they pretty much have that same team. And I think they're pretty complete, honestly. 
But I think this is like pretty much disregarding like how good Sacramento was this season. I just think New Orleans like started the season extremely strong. Yeah. Um, and I think they're gonna want to actually keep building on what they did this season. Um, from, at least from the beginning. I think Phoenix is gonna be number two. I I just don't think I think they're gonna have some, you know, outside of the off or sorry, they're gonna have some off court issues, I think, somewhere down the line. But you think they'll still be uh, able to like remain? They're going to the round up their wins. Okay. Yeah. I think they're going to be the type of team, like much like the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion, where they're going to get their wins, but they're going to have like problems through the season where something is happening. And I think it's just because they're, again, like a top heavy team. Although I'll give credit, they they've signed a lot of players onto their bench that are honestly pretty serviceable. Um, and I think Denver is going to remain number one. I just think okay. they're too. They're too sound of a team to really be knocked down a peg. The only th- way I see them really going any lower is if, you know, they suffer a pretty bad injury and they have to play without one of their key guys. But mm. I think that's my top six. Can you just list, not like uh, go into it, but just list again from bottom to top? Yeah. So number six, Memphis. Number five, Golden State. Number four, Lakers. Number three, New Orleans. Number two, Phoenix, and number one, Denver. Okay. I mean, let's start here. There's one team that we both kind of left out, and it's Sacramento. Yeah, so, that's disrespectful for sure. <laughs> I, I think it is, but I also think that they're they're the kind of team where if they want the same kind of success, I think they have to have a similar season to last year to where everything went right. Yes. You know, yeah. when you look at that roster, there wasn't really too many times where it was like, this guy's missing a significant amount of time. This guy's out for a while. I mean, you had yeah. De'Aaron Fox in the playoffs a little bit there where the ankle was a little questionable. Sabonis got stepped on or whatever that was. But, I mean, all in all, I think everything that could have gone right went right for Sacramento next last year. And, you know, I, I think the thing with teams that break out like this, though, is that not to be disrespectful, but I think, <coughs> bless you, a lot of teams, I think, aren't expecting it. But now that you have that expectation, now that you've garnered that respect, it's all about really, you know, continuing to build on top of that. Not that Sacramento can't, but I think a lot of the things can be summed up in that. You know, there's film on them now. Yeah. You know, so, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry. Okay. No, I think this the, what's comparable, honestly, is it the 2021 Atlanta Hawks where they went to the Eastern Conference Finals 2020 I think it's 2020 yeah the next uh, year they kind of were pooping. I think it's I'm not saying they're completely comparable but I think yeah these teams that have these deep like resurgences like unless you have like a deep core in which I don't think they do personally mm-hmm. they do fall to earth I think at least for a season yeah. or two and yeah. I mean personally I don't think they drop out of the playoffs like I think they're no, seven no. or eight like Seven or eight is probably their floor. They can definitely, I think, finish top six. But, you know, when you look at the moves that a lot of other teams made versus them kind of staying put and their only real move really being in Sasha Vizenkov or however you say it, which is a, I think is going to be a good signing. There's mm. still just, it's a lot of trying to do a little to get a lot. And I don't know if that's really going to translate. Yeah. Hmm. all right heading on from there though i mean memphis so what what do you think they finish with for the first 25 without jaw 
me personally, I think they finished like thirteen and eleven. Okay, that that's reasonable. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know what their first twenty five games are like. I I haven't looked yeah. into their schedule, but like I think just like playing most of these teams in the West, like if Desmond Bain is your number one option, like like if you go down the all these top teams, there's someone that's like cooking this team every night, you know, mm. like, and I just think like, yeah, I think they're going to take some games due to, you know, their kind of capability of being a sound team together. I mean, they played really well without a draw last year. Don't get me wrong, but that was not to start the season. And I think the start of the NBA season is just rocky for every team. And to start without, you know, your kind of spark plug is like, I mean, cars don't work that way, you know? Okay, I like that. Uh, that would be yeah. Memphis. I respect that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're, again, one of those seven or eighth seed kind of teams, but I, I think even if they get through the first 25 with Jaw, like with a reasonable record, when you look at having to gel two very need-the-ball kind of guys with Marcus Smart and Jaw, obviously oh, Jaw's right. going to get the ball, but... Marcus you know, Smart having that backcourt there which i think could be a solid backcourt for sure but i think it's just kind of figuring everything out you got marcus smart really trying to like whip people into shape you know what i mean i I think he's definitely he's the big bro on that team and i think it's just about translating to everybody getting on board with that so you know i can see them making the top six but you know i i just think that having to really just gel everyone together very quickly after those 25 games is going to be a little hard exactly another team the pelicans i mean how how are you feeling about the pelicans overall just like not only just with zion but i mean when we looked at their summer league jordan hawkins i think looked really good a little small but looked good dyson daniels looked pretty solid and I think when you just look at their whole roster, they're like almost too deep at every position except maybe center. Yeah, I think that's the thing. They're too deep in like, I would say a good, more positive than negative connotation. Hmm. And the other thing is, I think they have like a well-tenored team at this point. Like CJ McCollum has stuck his place on the team for a good like three seasons now, two seasons. Um, I think this is his third. Or I yeah, guess going two and a half third. if you want to count like, yeah whatever but yeah exactly and i mean brandon ingram i think is going to come into his own this season personally i think yeah he already has been but i think people have like maybe have been sleeping on him just because he i mean this team he obviously like didn't play a lot of the games last year i think that's one thing um and they just suffered injuries from like at least all their star players at some point last season but i think like when they're healthy like this team is really going to come to their own because they're just I think they have a, probably, the, in my opinion, as it's safe to say, probably the deepest roster in Ooh. the NBA, maybe. That's maybe Dang. a hot... I mean, looking at it... Like... Because, okay, if we're going by, like, playable guys... Yeah. CJ, Zion, B.I., Jonas, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones... Herb Jones. Jose you gotta Alvarado, count Jose Alvarado. Hundies. Larry Nance Jr., you gotta count Larry him. Nance. Oh, I forgot he was on that team. <clears throat> and then now you got the new guys. Dyson, I think, is for sure gonna crack the rotation this year. 
Jordan Hawkins, and, I think, is a guy where his shooting is going to definitely have him see some time. And, I mean, just that alone, they're 10 deep. And I'm going to look up their, their depth chart real quick. But, I mean, yeah, we just listed those guys out. I, I, it's a solid roster for sure. But, I, I don't know. It's just hard for me. Oh, Najee Marshall is a guy. Yeah, Najee, guy I was going to say, yeah. 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 But, I, I mean, when we're looking at it, I just think that it's so it's a really good roster but having to hinge all of your kind of playoff and deep playoff run hopes on a healthy zion is uh yeah you know yeah. that's that's a little bit of a a suspect bet but i mean you know we'll see how it all shakes out for sure you know if i had to pick i, I i'm an optimist so i would hope that zion does play at least like like even if he plays like 50, 55 games, I think that's enough to get them into the playoffs for sure. Yeah. And as if he's healthy for the playoffs, really, that's the mm. most important thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think their ceiling is three for me. And I think I'm just being optimist, but I think their floor this year is like eight for sure. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good range right there. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about you throw out a team. What, what team you want to talk about next? A team? I mean, we could we'll, see, want... we'll keep in this top six. We'll we'll head to the other teams later. The top six. I mean, how do you feel about how do you feel about Golden State? I, th- I mean, they're obviously like they're they're the vets. They're they're the the Spurs. They're, they're of this, the, so. Yeah, for sure. They're the elder statesmen. Holy, uh, ah, yeah. it's I. You know, <laughs> I I think. <laughs> It's cool, it's cool. Yeah, you know, it's... I mean, it's all right. But, yeah. you know, getting back into it, I, I think it's a solid roster. But I think we're just going to have to see what they really do with Chris Paul. Because yeah. you know, if I had a say in it, I would prefer him to be the sixth man. I was looking at their depth chart earlier. It has the starting lineup with Draymond at the five. So oh. they could do something like that. I don't think they'll do that full time. But, you know, I, I like the idea of Chris Paul having a second unit with Gary Payton the second, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kuminga. That those four right there I think could be a deadly, deadly unit alone. And then AirPods as well as a guy who's, you know, big guard, super duper high IQ, can stretch the floor, and then, you know, everybody in the Golden State Warriors organization is smoking on that Lester Quinones pack. So, you know, he's another guy you gotta look to. I I just think that it's a similar vibe to the roster they had last year where you're still trying to develop guys, but, you know, the additions of, again, a Chris Paul, a Corey Joseph, I I think those could be really, really beneficial moves to, like, helping these young guys get more into it. So, you know, I I think their ceiling for me personally, it's like maybe fourth. But I just think that having to any roster that really has Chris Paul playing an integral part, you got to be prepared for him to play like 50 games at most. Even that now sounds like a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's like out of the talks. I think it's just like been put under wraps for a while. But do you really think Chris Paul is going to be on this roster the entire season? Yeah, I, I think so. Really? Yeah. 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 Because I mean, I mean, who who else would really like you think take a shot on Chris Paul at this point? 
which sounds so disrespectful uh, to say, but probably just like a I I mean I don't have a name, but like a win now team that needs a card. I think that's always a thing. Like I mean, you know, to be honest, I don't fucking know. Actually, I could see like some some BS happening with the Celtics trying to go for Chris Paul. Yeah, that's kind of who I had in my mind. And then yeah, if I'm going to stay, I don't. I think there's no way in hell I kind of let stuff like that like happen. Yeah, so I, I do. True. I do think he'll he'll be fully invested this year with uh, Golden State roster wise, but. I think it's just trying to get him to understand that, maybe not understand, but buy into that idea of being more of a six man, like, you know, like kind of how Derek Rose was with, uh, uh, oh, like New York, with, not even, uh, no, more. Like, I'm thinking more like Minnesota, to where he's still a part of the rotation. Okay, yes, yes. you know, very different play styles, first of all, but just the idea of like coming from being that guy to you know being that guy off the bench yeah i I can see that for sure how you feel about the nuggets because i'm not gonna lie i was looking at like their depth chart i'm kind of i'm i'm feeling very meh if i'm being real because i think they're they're relying on a lot of young guys you know during the summer league they obviously had uh payton watson showing out Hunter Tyson generated a lot of buzz. Julian Strother's looking like the guy who's going to be Christian Braun. Christian Braun's looking like he's going to be a Bruce Brown. But, you know, outside of the starting five, the only real veteran presence you have is Reggie Jackson off off of that bench. But you got DeAndre or Jordan, but obviously you're not going to have him in the rotation. But, Uh yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like they're obviously going to be in the top six. But, I don't it's crazy to say. I can see them going as low as like four or five this year. I think there is that precedence I could see happening as well. I think it's just more so that like they just have a lot of players that in a sense just gel extremely well. Mm. And like I think the comparison that we keep making to like the Toronto Raptors in what, 2019? Was it 2019 they won? Yeah. 2020? Yeah, 2019. Uh, I think it, like, makes a lot of sense. I mean, you just have, like, like, I think Nikola Jokic, like, I think his presence makes players better and, ex- like, kind of, I think, accelerates their growth in a lot of ways. That's a good just because, like, having someone that plays almost, like, this, like, hand-in-hand guard but also big role, like, he kind of fills both ends of the floor and I think allows guys to get involved. So I think when, you know, new guys come into the rotation, like you've always seen them thrive. Like, like even when uh, Bones Highland came into the rotation, he like started to accelerate away, mm. like even in his young years. I mean, Aaron Gordon, I would say like prior to obviously being on this team was not like much talk of the town. And now he was in like all-star consideration this year. Like I personally think like, I th- I don't think it's been, underrated at this point because Jokic has obviously been given his flowers a lot more as recent but I still think like his impact is pretty like off the charts like I, th- I think they're going to hold on pretty well just because I just think all the other teams in the west don't have it solved like they do mm, uh like I, I don't I just I just don't think any team puts like this is the thing I think I have Phoenix second like not to talk about Phoenix but because I think they're maybe the better team on paper. 
obviously, but they have a lot to solve, you know. And I think like Denver like has it solved and they're probably just working on what they can do better at this point. So I think they have the pedigree and the roster to run it back, honestly. Okay. But yeah. I, I just don't think they're getting I don't think they're getting knocked down a peg, you know. Alrighty, alrighty. Yeah, uh, just to add a little aside, if there is a, a team that I'm looking at, if I'm Kelly Oubre Jr., if I want to sign, you know, a little vet mint just to get the value back up, oh, I think yeah. Nuggets might be my first choice for sure. He would be good off the bench for sure. Oh, yeah. Just, just like, get things rolling on a second unit. I think mm-hmm. that would be a good signing for them. Definitely. But yeah, I, I see that. I, I think, though, I'm not here to say that, like, they're going to shit the bed or anything like that when it comes to defending the chip. All I'm saying is when you look at, like, the loss of a guy like Jeff Green, you know, integral voice in the locker room, Bruce Brown, probably one of the best Swiss Army Knives when it comes to looking at role players. There's a lot of guys that, you know, aren't going to score or give you 20 a night, aren't going to give you, you know, double-double back-to-back-to-back, but they're going to they play their role, and they play it perfectly, so... You know, I think it's definitely going to be a rough time defending, but yeah, I, th- I think they're more than than capable of doing it. Speaking of yeah. Phoenix, you know, we we gotta talk about it, considering one of our homies is a big Phoenix fan. You think they're second? I think they're gonna suck. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think this is like, I think the experiment is like going to go well, just because I think this time around for KD, he doesn't have problematic players around him i mean devin booker in my opinion is problematic don't get me wrong but he does play i i think he it's, he's more so problematic if you're the opposing team he's just a bitch like honestly <laughs> <laughs> like he's that's what that's what it is he's the thing is he's a good player he's just not like good morale and i think but he plays games that's what i mean like he's just he plays 70 games you know, you, you know or something like that you know, I've 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 done some I've done some soul searching, some growing. I think that's what makes him like the Kobe disciple. You know, he's not there to be your homie. He's there to win come on. He's there to win games. Nah, but he still be. He still he definitely. Be, if you complain, yeah, he, a, he a bitch. He questioning a double team in the fucking pickup run. <laughs> he a bitch. <laughs> you, I'll give him. Let, let's be real. Is that the weakest thing you've ever seen a like a NBA superstar do? I mean, to get caught in 4K saying that, bro, like you cannot ever like be put in the same sentence as Kobe ever again, in my opinion. Damn. Like, like I'm sure players have complained about it too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm sure there's he been another player that got caught. Like, yeah, and like the thing is, if you're gonna if you're gonna wear Kobe's every game and be like that, like then you you better not be saying this shit in front of the camera you know did you see his signature i don't know uh, if it's real but there was oh, like, oh. Know, that shit yeah, was yeah. weak as fuck it, 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 look, it looked like a face it looked like uh it looked like a shoe before you sew on the actual sole you know what i mean yeah where it looks like it looked like like a ballerina shoe almost yeah or like they look like those like you, you ever wear shoes from payless 
like the airwalk oh, brand. Oh, <laughs> I know. I have the exact shoes that you're thinking of. Yeah, they do look like that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. That shit's weak, bro. Yeah, it's it's not even like the Jason Tatum ones where it's like it looks over the top. It just looks too simple. Like yeah, if, it's if, if it's a lifestyle shoe, still kind of weak, but not as weak. It's more acceptable. It's, it's yeah. not a hoop shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyways, you know, when we're looking at Phoenix, I agree. I, I think the experiment's going to be a lot more successful this time. Katie's mm-hmm. going to have another uh, winless ring, if you know what I mean. But I think the big thing here is just if you're willing, if Frank Vogel is able to get DeAndre Aiden to buy in. And, you know, jury's still out on that. I'm still someone who's very high on DeAndre Aiden. But I think it's just being able to get him to realize that, hey, you're not going to get the 15, 20 shots a night that you want. But, you know, second chance points, I think, are going to be a really big thing with this team. Being able to, you know, grab a rebound with all these guys that are going to be taking a lot of shots is going to be a big thing. And the primary guy who should be the benefactor, that is obviously DeAndre Aiden. Now, I, I think Frank Vogel is still going to try to implement something where he's getting post touches or whatever it may be. But I think he's the guy that could really make or break this team from being, you know, second round conference finals exit to potentially, you know, playing in the big dance. But when you look at like the resources they had, I, I think it's it's a solid roster, honestly. It is. Yeah. Can't really question it. I think mm-hmm. their team is genuinely really good this time around. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just a wait and see type thing. I think DeAndre Aiden is probably the biggest X factor. Definitely. Because honestly, he got doggied by Jokic. Oh my like, goodness. Yeah. And like that could just happen again, you know? Yeah. Like that's that's the thing. Like that's an issue that I don't think has been solved by this roster yet. Yeah. It, it's not even like it sucks that. He got 30 put on him constantly. Sorry about that little steam thing was popping up. But it's that he didn't give anything back. Really anything at all. You know, if Jokic is giving you 30, you got to at least give him 15, 16, 20. You know, but obviously that didn't happen. But moving on from there, because, you know everybody's going to be wondering that's probably what everybody's kind of thought process is talk about dallas you know what what makes you what makes you kind of evict them from your top six i just don't think they've honestly like looking at their team right now i opened someone up by accident here uh like i don't know man like they don't like even really have a proper like front court right now like i'm not high on like i'm obviously like Kyrie irving and luka Doncic are like players that in their own right already put you in a certain conversation but this is like building like basically like like if you ever watch nba rebuild videos or like 2k rebuild videos (laughs) This is like where this is where you start, you know. You gotta like you gotta move pieces around for this to actually happen. Like just because you got two good players, you got like respectfully like 
no one on this team I think is on like another level that will take them there. Like Seth Curry, you know, Seth Curry's cool. Rashawn Holmes can be cool. Markeith Morris could be cool. Sam Hardaway Jr. is on and off in my opinion. True. Like I'm just I'm just looking at these names and there's not really enough for me to say that this team is really going to outclass the teams that have one through five, you know? Like even if Luka Doncic Luka Doncic is who he is, and even if Kyrie Irving is who he is, like if they don't even re-sign Christian Wood, like this could just be the same season as the end of their last season. I know? heard so I heard the talk of the town is that they're trying to do a signing trade with Christian Wood just so they don't lose anything. Right, right. I mean, if I'm looking at this roster, I kind of like, they have some nice pieces. And I I think me saying they're top six is kind of me buying into them for the next few years. But I really, really liked what they did in the draft, being able to get Derek Lively the second as a guy who perfectly fits there, you know, Oh, Max Prosper is another guy. I don't think he'll necessarily be playing all that much compared to Derek Lively. Just because if you look at Omax, he's trying to get a spot over guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., Grant Williams, Josh Green, Maxi Kleber. I think those are your four pretty solid, can play three to four guys. And then Dante Exum's another guy who's, you know, making his NBA return. We'll see how that goes. So, you know, but yeah. The main guy I'm really intrigued with is Derek Lively II because, you know, coming out of college, he's a guy that could stretch the floor, play crazy defense. You know, he was in that kind of Miles Turner archetype. Spends his year in Duke, doesn't necessarily get to do the same thing. And now I think we're really just trying to see if that high school game can really translate, which I think to an extent it will. And if it does, Derek Lively is probably the perfect guy to pair next to people like Luka and Kyrie. Because, you know, he's not going to want to bang, bang in the post, throw him up the lobs, you know, a little catch and shoot opportunities, play some solid defense. They could be a, that could be a solid, like, you know, three person like combo for the next few years. And then when you look at another guy, Jaden Hardy, someone I'm very, very high on when I'm looking at this squad. Because, I mean, when Luca and Kyrie, you do have to give him a little bit of a break. That's Jaden yeah. Hardy's time to shine. And, when when you looked at uh, his season last year, it was a lot of inconsistencies, not only just on his end, you know, with with efficiency and all that, but Jason Kidd had him playing like five minutes here, 15 minutes there. And then once they started to shut everyone down, once he got like a steady amount of playing time, he was able to really show like, hey, there's a reason why he was one of the best scorers coming out of the draft. Uh, I think it was last year or whatever it was, but... He's a guy I think could definitely kind of start to stamp his name onto the onto the NBA court kind of thing. But yeah, I, I can see where you're feeling where it's like it's not as polished as a roster of like a New Orleans, not as top heavy as a Phoenix. You know, I, I see that. But, you know, I I got some faith in them. I, I think I just want them to prove me wrong. I think we were like dick riding the shit out of them last season hell yeah christian yeah. wood till i die man i mean i'm behind christian wood honestly but like damn that was that, that was season, last that was so was disappointing yeah for sure. that was a that was a stinker and like i just don't think like they're, they're yeah like i agree their draft was really good but i think like obviously just statistically if you were to look at it like usually through the draft you know it takes some development for yeah these players like 
get to where yeah, they need to be. They're still probably a couple years from like being at the place of like where New Orleans is now, for example. Exactly. But I have faith. I, I just I, I just want them to prove me wrong first. For sure. I mean, do we really gotta talk about the Clippers? I feel like, you know, same old, same old. If they're healthy, everything goes right, they can win. So I think let's That's talk the about narrative the... all the time. Hell yeah. I think I wanna say this is the last year of it, but I think they're really just gonna wait until Maybe the wheels fall off at this point because they got the new stadium opening up. They're going to want to have guys can really sell seats and put butts in the stadium. So let's talk about uh, the L.A. team, the real L.A. team. As much as everybody says, yeah, I was a Clippers fan, that's Cap. Let's talk about the Lakers. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, again, I didn't order it uh, by, like, standings or anything. But... I think the Lakers could really challenge like for the for the top of the West for sure. Cuz I mean, if you look at it, they're like too deep at every position and they're like four or five deep when it comes to guys that can run their offense cuz I mean Obviously this isn't set in stone, but here's like their kind of if they had five point guards, this is who they could run. Not in any order because LeBron's at the end of it. So you got D'Lo, Gabe Vincent, Jalen Hood Shafino, Austin Reeves, LeBron James. And even looking at like uh, their starters and that bench unit, it's very, very solid. And not only that, they got guys like Max Christie who really showed on, I think, could crack, crack like, you know, little five, ten minutes here, here and there. Jalen Hood Shafino is a guy I think is going to be able to learn from, you know, D'Lo, Gabe Vincent. Austin Reeves, obviously LeBron, I think really tool himself to be ready for, you know, life after LeBron when it comes to Lakerland. And, you know, Anthony Davis, we saw kind of started to really get back to where he was. If he's able to translate that back, that's a whole nother story. If Rui's playing like how he was in the playoffs, this team's scary for sure. I think just the depth they have. And it's not only just like depth wise for overall. But when you have those spells where LeBron's on the injury report, Anthony Davis is on the injury report, you got guys who can step up. And when I'm looking at the Lakers, I, I think the depth and the top of their roster, I think, could really prove to them being able to challenge for the top of the West, for sure. Yeah, I don't disagree, honestly. I mean, they got Cam Reddish, so... Hell yeah, man. <laughs> They're gone. No, it... I think like Gabe Vincent was like a sleeper signing this year for mm. sure. I think that one is going to prove to be pretty lethal. I mean, he's a dog. I can't lie. I, I think like it showed up. In, he, I mean, like obviously the playoffs went the way they did, but he showed up mm. a good portion of that. He obviously through the regular season was like an anchor for the Miami Heat. Um, and then you saw players like Rui Hachimura coming back who – came who came into his own like during the season um and yeah i I don't really have any anything to disagree with you on that one i i just think like yeah i think yeah i did put him at four on my list and i think that's like where i have him right now i feel like four is almost their floor when you look at like damn the, the depth of this team i don't think they're gonna stink no i don't think they're gonna stink but 
I mean, they still like, I think knowing how the Lakers have started the last few seasons, I'm not saying like they're obviously like starting the same way, but I think for some reason shit always just like hits the fan for them for the mm-hmm. first bit, at least track record wise over the last two, three years. I think they, I think they're going to have to still mesh again. I think they're one of those teams. And I think if I'm being honest, like completely honest, like, and this, maybe I'll get slandered for this take, but I think it has to do a lot with LeBron on a lot of teams. I think, I think a lot of players have talked about it in player interviews, but it's just the fact that LeBron either meshes well with players or he kind of makes players worse around him. It's like no in between. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's always just like learning how to play with LeBron again. is like pretty tough for some people. Mm. And yeah, I, I think Anthony Davis is also just, you know, always a question mark. So definitely. That's, but I think I I wouldn't say your take on them being like fourth as their floor. Like, I don't think that's a bad take. I just think like this team is just always a walking variable, in my opinion. Yeah. At this point. Alrighty. I yeah. think last team I want to touch on personally, I think is OKC. I don't know if there's anybody else we can really get into yeah. until we get to like the rookies, but you know, none of us had OKC. I don't think that's any form of disrespect. I think it's just that they're still a young team. We saw what they were able to do last year and really, you know, surprise a lot of people. They uh, ruined LeBron's moment by winning the game. But I think this is like the first year where I think it's almost like Jaws rookie year where they're taking the league by storm. They're putting everyone on notice. They make the playoffs. But maybe fall a little short we saw this year where a similar thing put the league on notice started really hooping but when you get to the play in when you get to high pressure basketball they just have just not enough to get over the hump and now we're seeing they're adding a guy like chet holmgren and Kaysen wallace so i have that whole team is just really it's intriguing because i think you have the length of a chet holmgren to where you can get away with playing a small guard lineup of like you know, you could have Kaysen, SGA, uh, Josh Josh Giddy. Well, maybe not a small guard lineup, but a multi-guard lineup of more than two. So I, I think Mark Dagnall's got a lot of a lot of things he could do with this squad. And, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if we were intending to, because I know we were talking about breakout players, but. I think Josh Giddy is going to really be a big instrumental role to this team. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, he already has. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Giddy, in my opinion, is going to be one of the better players on this team. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, he already is. But I think he is going to start becoming like that type of player that is a double double player, like night by night, just because you are adding Chet Holmgren, who really is going to be able to get you those like front court, like, I guess, uh, dishes per se. Um, I mean, his usage might go down in terms of scoring, but I don't think that's a bad thing when you look at how deep this roster is starting to come into their own. Yeah. He doesn't really need to score either. No, exactly. Like, I think he's just going to be the facilitator and I think he is going to really run the ship when it comes to like getting the ball around. I I look to Uh, a guy like Andre Miller that, that, that I think would be the perfect kind of role for, uh, Josh Giddy in terms of a guy who's not really doing too much to score, but is just able to get like, just really run that offense. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think this, I, I agree. This team is definitely has a pretty deep floor. I mean, you just never know, mm. but I think their ceiling is also like, in my opinion, maybe this is a hot take to say it, but I think their ceiling is third in the West. Ooh, third? Damn. Yeah, I think, I think they're just, this team has a lot of variables too, just because they are young. I think that's the thing. Maybe third is obviously a hot take, but Dude, we obviously a, saw how. Crazy how she, I mean, we did. We saw how Shea did last season, True. and now you're actually com- coming into it's like a season where you have a full team plus some obviously great additions, and everyone's just aging together. Like Lou Dort's been on the team for a while. Josh mm-hmm. Giddy's been on the team for a couple seasons. You're adding like someone like Victor Ol- like Victor Oladipo just came onto the team. Yeah, I don't think he'll play though. I mean, he's not going to play, but that's some experience at least True. in the locker that's room. That's a nice little vet. Um, and then, yeah, like people like Jalen Williams, like having like a good latter half of the rookie season. You still got Poku off the bench. I'm just kidding. I mean, they, they just have like a lot of young potential. And I think like, like you mentioned, I think Memphis, like Jaws rookie year, I think they could put the league on notice, honestly. 100 yeah. percent speaking of young guys i think one thing before i'll go into like my kind of breakout guys i want to see trey men and ushman jiang on different teams I'm, i want to see them spread their wings because i think that's the thing with the thunder and the the rockets is that they have so many young assets so many young pieces to where none of them i think are going to develop properly having to like kind of go over all each other so that's my little yeah. spiel but Getting into it, you already mentioned it. The breakout players for this conference. I think first one I'll mention, I like Moses Moody. You know, I, I think what he was able to do in the playoffs with the limited time he had, you know, gives you a lot of energy off that bench. I think he's a great spark plug. Not only that, the off-ball movement, I think, is something that's really special with him because, I mean, you know, we know how deadly that can be in that offense. And I think when you're just looking at guys who... You know, when we talk about the playoffs, we, we've always hear, heard in interviews to where it could come, out, come down to like one loose ball. And if you're not the team that gets that, you lose the series. And I think Moses Moody is that kind of guy to where I would depend on him to get do those, create those winning plays, you know, high quality basketball, high quality IQ. I think all of that kind of encompasses Moses Moody and, you know. When you're playing with Chris Paul, the game comes a lot easier, and I think Moses is going to be a guy that I think is really a big beneficiary of that. Just because, you know, I think Kuminga is another one, obviously, you could talk about, but I think with Moses, I like how he's not just static when he's not getting the ball. He's always moving. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually a sleeper pick, honestly. Mm, Big sleeper. We'll see. Who else you got? Well, you see, when I think about breakout players, I think about like Laurie Markin in last year, for example, obviously coming into his own, coming out of the cocoon and turning into mm-hmm. the player he is. So I think honestly, like this is not to say that he hasn't gotten to where he is, because I mean, looking at his stats from last year, he already is a player of his own. But I think with the first 25 games not having jaw, I think Desmond Bain is really going to come into his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had uh, him up there too. Yeah, I think he's going to obviously see a huge uptick in usage. Yeah. And I think it's not I don't think it's necessarily going to stop. And I think it's going to be very beneficial 
for this team just because you're going to have like two. I I almost think it's like going to be like the guard rotation similar to the two Jays at this point, you know, which it already is to some degree, but Desmond Bain's not, you know, Jalen Brown level. But I could see him, you know, gaining, garnering a lot of like confidence through these 25 games and really becoming like more of a 24 point per game player versus a 21 point per game player. And that's good. I was literally saying, I think he'll average, I think comfortably, I can see him averaging 25 through this first stretch without jaw. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a safe number. I mean, he's, he finished the season at 21.5. I don't think that's like, I don't think that's a hot take, you know, but I think it is like one of those things that people are going to like not notice because they're going to be, a 14 and 11, 15 and 10 team, like somewhere in the middle of the pack. But he's going to, I think he's going to remain steady after the fact, just because he's like, you know, undoubtedly one of the best shooters in the league right now. And no doubt. I, I, I just don't see why he couldn't be that second. I mean, he already is, but he can't be that second guy consistently, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. that's a big thing with Memphis where they say they need a second guy. I, I think Desmond's more than capable of that. And then just one thing I want to point to. I think even if he struggles in this first stretch, because, you know, you're going from being guarded by the team's second or third best defender to where you're garnering like a Mikel Bridges or Herb Jones, the, the premier defensive stopper on teams is dedicated to, you know, mucking up your night. But even if Desmond kind of struggles with being the main center of attention on the scouting report, once you're able to get a jaw back, once you're able to kind of revert back to where you were, I think that could really help just accelerate to where he's at. Cause I mean, when you go from like a Macau Bridges to getting guarded from a Cam Johnson, you know, no respect to Cam, but you know, yeah, exactly. there's, there's a, there's a certain kind of confidence you gain on top of that. So yeah, I think Desmond's a great pick for me. Uh, I'm going to say Malik Monk, you know, when, when I'm mm. looking at that squad, what he was able to do in the playoffs, the insane, I think it was what they each had 30 at least 35 a piece with him and fox and whatever game that was but i think malik is if i if i could put some money down which i, I might later i would put malik monk down to win six man of the year I, I think just it's another year of getting into that system. Uh, Chris Paul? Nah, cause I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think as much as i'd love chris paul to to be the six man i feel like they're gonna start him just, just okay. based off of like the pedigree or whatever, but I mean, I mean Malik Monk. When you compare his stats to Malcolm Brogdon's from last year, it's not that far off. I think Brogdon was maybe sixteen, seventeen, and five with three assists. Monk was more like fifteen, five, and five at some points. And I, I think mm-hmm. you're if you're able to get a little uptick, you know, if he gets to the eighteen, maybe even the twenties, if you really want to be super. Uh, optimistic i think that's something that malik's more than capable of and i think just being another year in the system understanding the tendencies of a mike brown coach team and another guy again sasha vazenkov when he comes to there uh it's just going to open up the floor for him more and more and and i think if you have him you know kevin herter and sasha all on the floor together i think malik's is going to have a lot of room to operate in and i think that's going to contribute to him getting a lot of a lot of opportunity to really like have a bigger impact on a game. Okay. So not, not like, like a crazy pick. breakout, but I, I think he can take like a big step into where his role is now. 
Right. And I think he's just maturing in the league now. Like, I think he's see, you've seen flashes of him being a very, like, serviceable player. Mm-hmm. And I think being in this specific situation, like, I think he has gracefully, like, you know, accepted this expand role, like how he played last year. And he yeah. went crazy, even went crazy in the playoffs, obviously. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, th- I think I do see, like, that being kind of the case for them. Um, I mean, Another person I think I personally have, and I think it's just more out of hope than, you know, speaking the truth. But I think I have John Collins taking out, seeing, you know, a a resurgence. And I don't think it's like a breakout for him per se, because he's obviously been like, obviously, I mean, prior to DeJounte Murray, that second option in Atlanta for a while now. Um, and, you know, coming to the Utah Jazz team that's sort of just raw and still figuring out their lineups here. I mean, me personally, I don't see a lot happening for Colin Sexton. I'm not trying to, you know, say this man's career is over by any means, but. Oh, man, I thought, I remember last year, I was like, if there's a guy I want in fantasy this year for sure, it was Colin Sexton. And I, I, I picked him, and I, I mean, he's still going to play around, but, like, I could see them very much, you know, bringing in their younger guys to like yeah. work around like uh, you know getting them better like Keontae George um, and I mean keep in mind I think Taylor Hendricks is going to get a lot of burn too I think John Collins gonna is going to yeah. yeah but I, I think John Collins if he can really prove it which I think he wants to I think he could have not a Laurie Mark in a year but I think he could get back to being a 20 point per game player like this season Ooh. I like the optimism. But, yeah, I'm I'm a big John Collins yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, I like that pick. And I, yeah, I mean he's just he's 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 a player that does a little bit of everything, you know. Like for sure, my opinion, I, I wouldn't compare it completely, but he gives me Tobias Harris vibes. You know, he, he's a cool twenty. You know, he's yeah. a cool twenty before his thumb got fucked up or whatever. It was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I I like the idea of him going to Utah and getting a fresh start. I, I am personally a guy where I would prefer Taylor Hendricks, but I think that's the thing with John Collins. When you look at, a, just to make an observation, who knows if I'm right about this. When you look at like when he was in Atlanta, there was never really a threat of him losing his starting job, I feel. You know, there might have been a couple of times where like, oh, you're seeing AJ Griffin start to come into his zone. You're seeing DeAndre Hunter still being effective in his role. To where you're you're seeing a little bit of glimmer of like it might be over, but yeah, he's never really even from day one. I, I, let me make sure I'm not just talking out my ass here, but it just has that feeling that that's always kind of been a guarantee. Like as much as Atlanta as Trey Young is Atlanta's point guard, he was always like gonna be uh, Atlanta's power forward. And when you're looking at here, yeah. Outside of his rookie year, he's only he's only come off the bench for three games. And again, that excludes his rookie year where, you know, you pay your dues or whatever it is. So I think he's been used to getting minutes. And now that you're going to kind of be pushed into this fight or flight mode that could, you know, it can make you or break you. So I like the opportunity yeah. for him. I think it's a good thing for both him and Taylor Hendricks. And man, Utah... Utah's a team I can think if there's another sleeper I would put them in there. Yeah, I I I I, I think that's a good statement. Yeah, 
next team I'm going or next player I'm going to mention, I think Devin Vassell. I, I, last year was already mm-hmm. kind of a the beginning of an indication that he's ready to break out, but I think a year hopefully he's fully healthy where you're able just to again impose your will on the game, you're able to get to your spots, you know, he's a Chris Middleton type of player, which you know, you know how I be with those types of guys. Uh and I think just again He's able to get to his spots, and when you equate that to the fact that he's going to have a, a guy like Wemby, who even if he's not like ha- doesn't have it going offensively, he's going to garner a lot of the a lot of the gravity, and I think Devin Vassell is going to be able to take advantage of that and playing alongside a smart point guard and Trey Jones, I think Devin's just in the perfect situation to be that number two guy to be, you know, not the give it to me last get last shot of the the game or whatever it is but he's going to help you get over the hump for sure yeah and i think the other thing you know the obvious thing maybe is just that now that you know san antonio has obviously uh garnered the pick of maybe the century mm-hmm. you know quote unquote like i think they're at a point now obviously where they're 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 playing to play they're not they're not going to be bullshitting anymore um, for a season so I think this is where you really start seeing players starting to improve, improve amongst each other I think having obviously Wemby is going to cause the other players on that team to want to play at that level or at least feel at that level mm-hmm. um, so you could even throw names like Kelton Johnson into that mix even though yeah. you know he's you know he's coming to his own already like in the, in the last season like I think he's going to want to he's going to have or feel like he's going to have something to prove you know I think him and at Sohan least. are like the perfect like those three alone, I think are perfect complementaries yeah. to Wemby. Exactly. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't have any more guys. Like, I mean, the last other, I do have a few more guys, but these are more so like the soup, the stars on my list. Okay. Like that, I think are just going to basically, you know, not like necessarily, you know, become that much better, but those players this season yeah throw them out and then if anything we'll we'll go we'll talk about a little bit and then we can get into like the rookies yeah i would say okay well i think the obvious one in my opinion is anthony edwards uh i i think it's oh he's already pretty much in the last season showed that he's going to be that guy in this conference um i personally have this idea and I think it's going to happen that the Timberwolves are going to make a midseason move. They've just took t- taken too much shit to like not be able to like ride this team out any longer. Like I think they're gonna be the type of team that like lets this experiment for maybe just the half the season and make make a trade somewhere down the line. So mm-hmm. I think Anthony Edwards is going to they're gonna commit obviously on him. I think that's the one thing. Do you and think then Ant I think gonna... sorry to cut you off. Do you think Ant can average yeah. thirty this year? Maybe that's can, what like you can get up to that. That's that's what I mean. Like I think they get rid of one player and he ends ends up finishing like, yeah, like averaging like close to thirty. I think that's like that's where my head is right now. I think that obviously those things have to happen, but I just don't see them holding on to both Cat and Rudy Gobert. I mean, unless they want to be like playing in mediocrity forever sorry i didn't mean to go on too long about that one i think oh this is like another like crazy pick i think i was smoking something less 
wrote this down, but I think Zion. I think Zion is gonna do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unless that motherfucker gets on the court, we'll see. Who's the? Who's the? Do you say you had three? Yeah. Who's the? I last mean, let's. One? Be, I. I think. Okay. Here's the thing. This other guy, like, I just think, is going to. I can't even rationalize this one. Maybe this one just came from sort of some sort of intuition. And I think I say that because when you already look at how he's doing, he's like, he's not going to have like that much crazier of an uptick. But I think De'Aaron Fox is going to like show up this season. And I think it's because they're going to want to be that team again. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be on a tear. And I think it's because. He's, you know, he's played one season without Tyrese Halliburton, but I think he's finally figured it out with DeMontis Sabonis. And now I think they really start making a move. Like, I wouldn't say it's the worst to compare them to, like, where Jokic and Jamal Murray were at a few seasons before the last season, you know. I think he's going to want to continue to play, play to that, like, potential he has. Like, I don't think he's necessarily reached his ceiling. Mm. But yeah, good point. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think no, go on, go on. one thing I would just add is if you saw how when he came into the league, he wasn't so much, there wasn't as much of a willingness to stretch the floor and to, you know, shoot the three. And now, obviously, the past few years, he started to ramp up a bit on that. I mean, we saw how I think he, there was, I think it was a playoff game where he hit like five threes or something like that. But if he's able to even get to like, doesn't have to be like a crazy 40% or anything like that. But if he's able to average like a respectable 35 on like 35% on like five or so attempts, I, I think he can continue to grow his game. And then all of that will just make everything else come even easier. So pause, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that pick. Yeah, I think he's just going to continue yeah. to build off of last year and, and be a tear for sure. Yeah, and and really, this list of superstars or quote unquote like soon to be superstars, maybe is that like I think these are just players that are waiting to like really have their season. I don't think Zion has had his season, and maybe he won't ever. But I just I'm high on Zion. Um, De'Aaron Fox, I think, you know, maybe didn't get like the biggest like recognition, but obviously he had a good season last season. But I think he just hasn't had that season the same with anthony edwards and i think it's just because of their situations but i do believe for all three of these players their situations could like turn around I especially think become, like center center pieces and center talking points in uh the, the, in the nba basketball. yeah i like that exactly all right transitioning into the rookies so i think before we get into maybe a few kind of obscure ones whether it's our favorites or whatever let's talk about the big the big fish in the sea Wemby how how are you feeling about Wemby heading into his rookie season I still don't know man like I think if I'm being honest like when I watch him play like I question how much his game is going to translate like I I don't doubt how skilled he is as a player like someone of his height is generational with the skill he has. It's just that there's like still so many other variables you have to consider, like physicality, you know, durability, um, you know, paint play 
against those more physical players. Like, I think it's going to be a rough adjustment for the first month or two. Yeah. Depending on, you know, the matchups and everything. But I also think, like, he, if there's one thing about his game, it's that his buckets, like, he just, he for, he wheels the ball into the net, you know? Like, <laughs> like he is slow as shit, but there's always a way <laughs> yeah. that he... Like I'm, I'm still not fully sold on that tween tween shit translating, man. Yeah, because I saw Kai Jones pick that shit. If Kai Jones can pick it, what happens when he goes up against some of these like elite elite defenders? Right, and I I think it's more so that like he just has certain skills that like at his height like are just unprecedented like for any player to go up against like. The fact he can kind of like bring up his arm to like you know a certain part of the board and like hit like a tough lay but make it look easy like every time like he hits so many tough shots that like at that point you just know it's because he like knows how to use his body yeah you Um, can see that definitely yeah like every time i see highlights of him it's like that shot shouldn't have went in for the average player but you kind of forget that he's tall as shit you know um so i think it's just like he is unguardable in a lot of ways. I just think there's certain aspect aspects of his game that I don't know. It'll be tough to translate for sure. Yeah, I I think it just depends on how the scheme is like created around Wemby, because I I think it's yeah. pretty firm that he's not going to be like. Well, he's obviously going to take the jump ball, but I I think outside of that, he's probably going to be more of a power forward. Sohan's one of those guys to where it's like a PJ Tucker kind of build to where you can guard five. So. I, I don't think it'll be so much that he's going to be instantly, you know, put thrown into the depths against a guy like Joel Embiid. There's definitely going to be bits of that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think for Wemby, it's just really about, like, I don't want to say this first year is a wash, but I would much rather just kind of sit in this first season as a way of, like, translating to, an, to the American game because we all know how much of a difference it is from uh, – uh, the Euro game. If you had to predict a stat line for for Wemby this year, what do you think he averages? Points, rebounds, blocks. Points, rebounds, blocks, no assists. I'm just kidding. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Uh jeez. He can dime though. I'm not gonna lie. I remember watching the first game and yeah, you know the offense wasn't there, but he's a willing passer for sure. I think I have something like. Oh man, do I think he's an over twenty player? That's that's the toughest call. I think he is. I think he's like a twenty point five nine and one and a half blocks. I think that is like like maybe that's like pretty tough actually. Like that's obviously close to a double double on one and a half blocks, but I think I think I can see that realistically. His usage is gonna be like pretty pretty up there yeah he'll have the usage like, to get 20 for sure yeah exactly and i think he's gonna have he's gonna i think he's gonna have a better letter half of the season mm, that's a good point for me i i, th- I got him at 16 eight and two blocks i i just think that uh-huh. someone who's averaging 20 is doing it every single game and i think with Wemby, that is true. he's i don't know if he'll be able to do that every single game when you're going up against the the elite big men in this league so 
I can I think 20 is probably the highest I'd go, but I feel more comfortable with the number like 16. You know, nothing crazy, still respectable, but I'm not I'm more so intrigued about how his defense is going to translate into uh the NBA game. Next we got Scoop. I'll I'll I'll, I'll cap this one off. I I think with Wemby, I think it's the most kind of boomer bust uh in terms of their rookie year scoot though i think scoot's probably going to be the most consistent rookie out of everyone i I think a calm 15 5 and 7 would be a great rookie season for him and this is all assuming that dame does eventually get traded because i mean i think it's just any day now but when you look at scoot how he was going on in that first summer league game you could tell like yeah any other draft this guy would be one and I think just, man, his game is so polished. He's a willing, he'll shoot it from the three. I I like that, that he's not just going to, you know, instantly try to go to something more comfortable. And then, again, his ability to get other guys on the floor involved. I Man, I'm excited for when we go watch a a Trailblazer game in the near future, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. How do you feel about a man Thompson? I mean, I just think like there's a lot of chefs in that kitchen. Yeah, right now. exactly my thinking. And I just, I don't know like how these rookies on the Rockets will ever do now. Because in my opinion, like anyone could just have a bucket, you know? And I think that's maybe the problem with that team. And I mean, it's good that they signed someone like Fred Van Vliet for example, to sort of mediate that. But even with that, like they just still have such an insanely like deep young core um, that I think he's probably going to play something around 25 minutes a game, if I had to guess. Maybe that's not an educated guess, but I just think they just have so many mouths to feed and so many people to develop. So I think he's going to have a good season, but he's not going to being the contention that the other players like Scoot and Wemby are. Yeah. I think that's where, like, and I think it's just the situation in Houston specifically. But I think he's going to play to, like, the level he is. Like, I could see him averaging something like 12 or 14. Like, I don't know. These, I, I think, like, this team is just really hard to, uh, they're really hard to predict. Mm. I, I mean, like, you know, if the, I think like there just needs to be something that opens up for him to actually have potential to play more. Yeah. I mean, speaking of opening up, I have written down here, like, like how you mentioned, there's way too many chefs in that kitchen. I think they need to consolidate their assets. You know, I think seeing what a KPJ and Jay Sean Tate package could fetch you on the open market. It's something I would look into. And you were definitely a lot more kinder than me. I think with just the fact that I don't see him starting, because I, I think the lineup would probably be Fred, Jalen Green, Cam, or, you know, Tari, whichever way you'd want to go there, Jabari Smith Jr., and then uh, obviously Alperin Shangun. And I, I think that the fact that Amen is like, he's more of a pure passer. So I don't know if you really throw him into your starting lineup if he's not able to at least be a threat from the three. And you know we'll we'll see what uh what email he does, but you know I I think Amen's definitely I like how you worded it. 
to where he's going to be really good his rookie year, but I don't know if he'll really be in the conversation with the Scoots and the Wembys and the Brandon Millers if you put him in there. But yeah, for me, I had I had seven five and five for because you know. Damn, that that's that's fair. I'm I think like I'm shooting for the stars honestly because even with like sorry not to backtrack but with Wemby, my number was more like eighteen. But I'm just I have high hopes for these guys. Yeah, always. Wemby, you just kind of got to shoot for the stars with him. But yeah, seven five and five sounds pretty, pretty, be right. Yeah, for sure. Last part of the. Uh, cause we kind of already answered a lot of the big questions I feel. And a lot of the ones I have written down, we already touched on, but uh-huh. you know, we'll we'll end it like here. If you had to put stock into any of the rookies outside of the top five, you know, again, sticking to Western conference, what rookies are you rolling with? I think, you know, my answer. I feel like, we, be... huh? I feel like we we're, we're both thinking of the same guy. You think so? Keontae George. All right, we'll see. Ah, uh, shoot, yo. I mean, Keontae George is up there for me. Who, I would put wait. stock into him too. I think my stock, even though the the situation is not ideal, like we just said, but I think my stock is going into Cam Whitmore, bro. See, I, I just... want, I want to, but I just don't think he's gonna be able to. Yeah, he's not gonna garner the minutes. That's the problem. Yeah. But his game, honestly, oh, man. is it's so young Kawhi esque, and like it's yeah. even like it's even echelons ahead in terms of like where he's at offensively, you know, compared to Kawhi, and that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, Kawhi obviously well, developed. Then, would it play. even really be like a Kawhi then? Well, that's the thing. He's not. He's he's Cam Whitmore. True. Like, I don't know. I just think he's gonna have to like hang around for a bit before he can probably find a situation elsewhere. But if I were to buy stock into him, knowing that like that stock is going to grow, like if I hold on to the stock, say for three years, four years, I think that stock is going to pay dividends later. Cam? Just not, not this year. Let me say that. Yeah. I, I think Cam, do you think he cracks 10 points per game? Oh, fuck no. Dude. Like, <laughs> Like, what do you I think, think he'll average? I mean, maybe he averaged a cool ten if he's lucky, but like, I don't know, man. Like, I think he'll. Is, like, I think he'll average at least nine. Dude, yeah, I mean, Jalen Green just throws up so many shots on his own. Fred VanVleet is gonna want the ball. He's like the most paid <laughs> player on that Brooks, team. They they got a lot of shot truckers on that team, man. Yeah, and like the thing is, like they don't got a rebounder for that. No one's gonna get a second chance point. Alperen Sengun is gonna, like, is gonna get those second chance points if there's anybody. Like, I don't know. I think like the thing is, yeah, I think they need to consolidate. But I think this season for them is just figuring out who is like, who are we consolidating? Which even though True. honestly, Jay Sean Tate, KBJ, that makes sense. Like, I think even outside of that, they have players they can consolidate. From like probably even like between Cam Whitmore and like Amen Thompson after maybe two seasons, you know, like they're just oh dang, okay. Cause I I think they just have to like decide on their young core basically. Yeah. But, all right. What was yeah yeah? Who do you have? Who are you buying stock into? Uh, I said it earlier, Keontae George. I I think when you just look at situationally, 
and what he showcased in Summer League. I think it's very clear that he sort of looked like as this, uh, what's it going to call it, as this Jordan Clarkson heir apparent. And I think his kind of game is perfect to learn off of a guy like Jordan Clarkson to where a lot of your game is predicated on being a bucket. But when you're given the responsibility of being a playmaker and involving other people in the offense, I think he was really, it wasn't pretty sometimes, but he was like a willing passer. And I think that was something that was great to see. And I think just his bag, uh, what he's able to get to his spots, he's definitely in the upper echelon of scoring when it comes to the guys coming into the league this year. And yeah, again, I think just being able to sit back for the year and learn from a guy like Jordan Clarkson is going to be integral to his kind of development for sure. So he's he's a guy I'm putting heavy stock in. Anybody else you got? Honestly, we got to diversify our portfolio. If I if I were to like really just like put my money down on someone, I think it was like someone I put my money on like since like this draft class was even talked about. It's still Scoot Henderson. I think he's going to be the player out of this class, personally. True, true. But what I, about, I, like, outside I, the top five, though? Okay, sorry. Like not, not, the, yeah, the not, the, not the obvious guys. Right. If you mm. want to bring up... I Because like, I got the list in front of me. If you want to, like, yeah, look up I'm, the draft. Because I, I can talk about another guy if you want to look up real quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, let me, let me just show. refresh. Yeah, all good. While he does that, here's another guy I'm very high on, Leonard Miller. You know, I got to have some Canadian bias here, but I think like how uh, we mentioned that if Minnesota does a trade, I think a guy that's really going to benefit from it is Leonard Miller because, you know, I think when you're watching Summer League, you're not looking for the guy who's getting the most points. You're not looking for the guy who's going crazy into his bag unless he's one of the top, like, drafted players. You're looking for guys that are showcasing tools and skills that are uh, not just translatable to the league, but translatable to what you expect of him. And I think when you see Leonard Miller, he's grabbing rebounds. He's a willing defender. He's uh, at least shooting the three. I think that's perfectly in line with what I would expect from him for his rookie year. And, you know, the length he has, the rawness there, it, it's kind of similar to Jaden McDaniels when he first got to Minnesota. And I, and I think that that wing duo is something I'm very, very high on. And that's going to be, I think, a great one to see. I'm not saying Leonard's going to be the best player from this class, maybe even top 10. I don't know. But I think he's going to be the kind of a guy who's uh, able to be in the be in the league for a long time for sure. Like with the tools he has, with the physical tools he has, it's 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 gonna be uh he's gonna have a solid rookie season for show. You got your guy? Um, I think I got two, like now right. that it's come to mind. I mean outside top five, right? Yeah. I mean, I think like the thing is this draft, I know it's been talked about a lot that like a lot of players could have just went higher if it was was in the draft class it was so i think yeah. someone like a jairus walker for example again like i think he's just like one of those guys who is like i don't know how to like compare his game to anyone at this given point he kind of I, I like sorry to cut you off but 
the thing I imagine, it's like if Bam played with like an actual center. Like the the duo of hit of Jairus Walker and Miles Turner is going to be nasty defensively. Yeah, I can see that. I th- I think he's just like a huge solid guy. Yeah, and I think like those types of players. I think the thing is like I think those types of players either are kind of boomer busts. Like I think we we like see these big guys that like, come into the league and they don't they don't get the run or they get sorry yeah they get the run or they don't. And like they kind of just flop after a season, or they don't. I think with guards, they have a lot of uh, opportunity to do a lot. But um, yeah, I would say Jairus Walker is one of those guys. And I think for the shits, and also because I mean he was still a dog in high school. I think Amani Bates, you know, like hey, I still believe in. I respect. I still that. believe the hype. I, I mean, I like, think he's in the perfect situation. Yeah, he's got like I think he's gonna spend some time in the G League. But I think when it's all said and done, this dude's still a hooper, yo. And I think he might not ever get to be like that 32-point-per-game player he was in high school. <laughs> but I think he's going to eventually come into a, like a very serviceable role in the NBA somewhere. So I like that. I think, like, I think if you just know how to score, like you're already like somewhat there, you know? Like oh, I think 100%. you just hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what like I mean has kind of been forgotten about him or like underlooked at this point because yeah. he, he fell to the second round. But and I and I think just to go back to the summer league, I think you saw him grow very quickly in that short period of time. I think you saw him be the guy that's gonna chuck up a shot, try to take all the crazy, crazy shots. But as it started to wind up, especially in that final game, I think you saw him really really play more of actual basketball than hooping if that makes any sense at all but yeah i mean i don't know if he'll really stick this first year i think he'll get spot minutes for sure he'll spend a lot of time in the g but you know the the Cavs got their new toys with max drews and george's niang but yeah i mean if there's a guy that would really that i think everybody's rooting for in this class imani's definitely up there and me and rue or if we do it on saturday whatever when we talk about the Eastern Conference, you know, he's a guy that we're definitely going to bring up again. Oh, yeah. fuck. My bad. Yeah, we're still talking the West. I'll get yeah, it. I think I, I brought up Jairus Walker. And <laughs> yeah. That's uh, okay. I, I think I forgot this was a Western Conference episode. I'm not going to laugh. But I'll get it. Yeah. The, the rookies got gotcha. you. Taylor Hendricks, I think, just to bring it back to the West, I think is another one of those uh, perfect situational guys. You know, very versatile defensively. I think when you pair that with him and Walker Kessler, it's just going to make the game for Laurie to pour all offensively. I think it'll make it a lot easier for him for sure. Yeah. And then Derek Lively the second is another, you know, I think if it goes perfectly well, if the shooting translates, he's a guy that could be with Luca for like the rest of his career damn near. Yeah, but Luke could also be one of those guys that just makes every player around him turn to dust. I'm just kidding. You never know. I, I'm a I'm a Luca hater. I think at this point, I just want to see Luca thrive, but I need to be proven proven wrong. Proven wrong. He took the he. He's the Phoenix Suns' daddy. Don't get me wrong. I think he is obviously still that guy, but like I think this season. 
last season has just it's brought up a lot of question marks for me, as has everyone. And I think uh, yeah. I just don't want him to be the next James Harden. You know, I want to see more out of him. Oh, you mean yeah? From that perspective, I feel that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Luca. Do you know? Uh, do you know what the Chris Middleton uh, cycle is? Is it like? Is it referring to like when Giannis is not playing, he turns into the goat, and when? Kind of. Like, that it, it, you... It's like. He goes from being very, very good to being mediocre and then damn near ass. And then back to like, oh, this dude's underrated. Back to really good. And then back around to yeah. ass. I, I think we've seen Luca kind of on a similar similar cycle in, in that, you know, offensive juggernaut could will you to a win whichever way, but doesn't play defense. And then the second phase is he's still doing the offensive, uh, still carrying the load offensively. But now it's not even that you need Luca to be a lockdown defender. I think you just need Luca to be a willing defender. I think that's the yeah. main thing. And then when you look at like what happened last year, I think it was a lot of it was a lot of change and a lot of inconsistency with that team. And I think. Being able to get that level of consistency with having a full training camp with Kyrie could definitely be beneficial. And seeing how they're going to gel together when it's like an actual, you have time to understand each other's games on a deeper level is going to be beneficial for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting, Luca. Just do something, man. <laughs> he got to a conference finals. Yeah. Yeah, he did. At one point. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, like, I think he just has been given, like, you know, I, I think to keep it short, you know, I think he's just been given a certain title in the league. Like, he, do you think he, he's he, in every, do you think he's been given, like, a longer leash than most superstars? Not most. I think it's like comparable to like the leash of like a Joel Embiid, you know, like, like I think people are being too, too easy on him. But I think it's because like he's done all this great stuff. But like, I think the thing is like, it's not completely his fault. I'm not saying that. I just think like if you are going to be that player in the league, I think you have to you have to do what it takes to be that player in the league, like season through season. Cause so I just think, ah, fuck, I don't know what it is, man. Like, I think people have like been saying like, oh man, I could go on a tangent. That's the problem. Like Jokic, for example, was not the number one player in the league by the voters this year. But like, the thing is he got it done. And I just think like, in order to be like considered in that, like, like conversation of players, I think you have to get it done. Giannis got it done. I think Giannis is top three for me. I think, honestly, like whoever's third, maybe Joel Embiid because he won MVP. But I don't think Luca is top three. And I think it's just because, like, for me, it's just like I'm not a fan of like. I don't know, man. I might just need to cut this part of the episode at this point. I, okay. I might just go. 
I, I just think I need to see something from Luca in order for me to like keep him in that conversation is what I'm saying. Mm. I, I think it's just a lot of recency bias in terms of like it is. He, he didn't play a lick of defense for for like this season. It feels. Yeah. But yeah. I I, I get what you mean. You're holding, you're holding all your light skin brothers to a higher standard. Exactly. It's because I want to see him thrive, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna act like he's playing up to the level that he's like, the guys are playing. Like, there's only so many people you can call him, and I don't know if I can call him him. You know. Who. Okay, last part of the episode. <laughs> if you're, should we do it where do you just want to say players you think are him, or I'll throw some guys and you tell me if they're him. Yeah, you can throw them if you okay. want. Okay. So Luke is not him. No. Devin Booker. No, come on. <laughs> Jason Tatum. Oh, that's tough. That's like that's my own guy. But me personally, I still think he gets it done. Like I just think there's still obviously the what the steps they need to take, but I think he's still him. Okay. Joel Embiid? No, not him. Kawhi Leonard, is he still him? Uh I have to say he's not. I, I would say he has been, but he's not. Okay. Uh, did I say Paul George already? <laughs> no. Paul George isn't him. It's SGA. Maybe, him? On the, uh, may, may, maybe in the podcast he is. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, SGA, I would say not yet. Potential to be. Okay. What about, uh, what's the brother's name? Dame. Is Dame him? That's tough. What do you think? Hell yeah, I think Dame's still him. I mean, best season of his career this year. Yeah. I'm still kind of... I I forgot who was talking about it with the other day. Might have been you, but I think the only reason he waited so long to request this trade, I think, was to get Jeremy Grant his bag. And I it's feel true. like if that's true, he's him. And I think whatever yeah. team he goes to, he's going to be him. So I would I would still say he is. He's the guy. He's like, he, I think he's unequivocally, he's this generation's uh, Charles Barkley. Maybe not to the same level because he's not an MVP or anything like that. But when you're just talking about generational talents who are able to, you know, play, have a really long career or like unequivocally a Hall of Famer, Dame is in that mold of like, he's one of the best to ever do it. But, but yeah. Yeah. I I think that is sweet enough to say, yeah, he's him. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just based on like the players playing to like, their standard and also like just being on a constant consistency with like with that standard as well Mm. because i think like when i say jason tatum is him i think it's because even though you know there's been some inconsistencies here and there 
like he has still willed his team to be where they're at every season. Like if you look at like the appearances of the Boston Celtics, keep in mind better team than the Dallas Mavericks depth wise. But I still think Jason Tatum has showed up for that team. And I'm not saying Luca hasn't. It is a recency thing, but I think that's like because we hold him at even like the highest standard, like of the highest. Like if we're gonna hold him at that standard, then he has to like he has to like really show up, you know. Gotta and play I just some think, good D. Yeah, he's gotta play, he's gotta be that defender. If we're gonna say he's this generation's LeBron James, like I better fucking see LeBron James, like like you know, like and I think that's just like it talks about him being that player, like and then finishing the way they did. I just I need to see it this season before I can say again that Luca is him. Last season, I would say yes, Luca is him. Right oh, now, so I'm like, this, so the the him pass you got to reapply every season. I mean, yeah, I think you or like you just have to show up, like and like I think right now, like the Dallas Mavericks are just a question mark. Man, this is a long ass episode, yeah, but I, I I don't know. Okay, I'm yeah. I, I think that's a good place to end there. Yeah, the Dallas. It's a, Mav- it's a deb- it, Yeah, is a debate for sure. I think the Mavs are yeah. a big like. I think they have a. What's the word? They have the biggest boom bust potential. I think. Like yeah. I think they could either be a solid top six team, top six team, or they could find themselves in the in the depths of uh, NBA basketball again. You never know. But with that, this has been another episode of the Black Talk Podcast. Christian, you got any last things to add? I love you, Luca. Don't ever forget. (laughs) (laughs) Stay safe. Stay blessed. We'll see y'all soon.